Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. Uh, good evening and welcome to Sunday night. Tonight we're going to talk about prayer. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, we're going to take a segment of time to talk about prayer, and then uh, we're going to actually do it. And so for those of you that are watching us online, uh, we encourage you that when this is, the teaching is finished, uh, we're not necessarily finished. The, uh, the recording or the videoing will stop, but we encourage you to continue wherever you are and pray. One thing that I found out is any time that you talk uh, along the line of something in the word, the entrance of his word gives light. And you can operate within that light. And there'll be an anointing to operate within that, that light. So when we're talking about prayer along a certain line, uh, it, there's going to be, uh, when we finish, there will be uh, an anointing to, to pray inside of, of what we've been looking at in the word. Praise the Lord. Let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word tonight. We're just so, so grateful again that your word is always speaking to us. It is eternal in nature. It is not etched just in stone. It is spirit and life. And so it is living words, even though we're reading it from off of pages, but it is actually alive and it quickens us. So when we, hear, when we read and we hear what you're saying to us tonight, we have an expectation of being able to work together with the Holy Spirit in the area of prayer. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Praise the Lord. Um, some years ago, uh, Tony and I were living in Rome at the time, and I woke up in the night, and I heard these words, callings are calling, callings are calling, and I thought, I wonder what that means, and so I asked, what is that? What are those callings? And what are they? What are they calling? And so um, he helped me to understand that the callings of God are uh, connected to His purposes, and there are people that actually carry out those purposes. The purposes of God don't just happen. They're actually carried out through the participation of people. And those people are called to come and work together in God's purposes. They're called to do it. And so it isn't something that is just accidental. They just find themselves accidentally doing that. And God is shocked. They're shocked. Everybody's shocked. <laughs> it, isn't it doesn't work that way. The callings of God are intentional. In fact, people are born for their calling. They're born for their purpose. 
but not always uh, do people um, do people understand or are they aware of their calling? And I was just thinking uh, about some people's callings. I know uh, Abraham, for instance, in Genesis 28, uh, excuse me, Genesis 12, was called of God. He started this whole uh, family story that eventually Jesus then is born through his family line. Uh, with Mary and then the Holy Spirit being the father. Uh, but anyway, uh, Abraham was called. There wasn't anyone else around him encouraging him. No one else was saying, you need to obey God. Abraham, or at that time, Abram. No one around Abram was saying, you know, you need to turn your eyes upon Jesus. You need to listen to his call upon. No one was saying that. And yet, even though Abram was in a culture of worshiping the moon, <laughs> he, was, he was not even among people that worshiped our God. God's call called him. It resonated in him. His son Isaac uh, didn't just have his call forced upon him because he was Abraham's kid. It wasn't just the preacher's kid that gets a hand-me-down call. It doesn't work that way. God's calls are never hand-me-down. They're always direct from God to that person. And so Isaac got his own call. Uh, if anybody's taking notes, got his own call in Isaiah, or excuse me, um, in uh, Genesis, the 26th chapter and verse 4. And his son, Jacob, also didn't have a hand-me-down call. He got his own call. And we see that in Genesis 28, verse 13, and then later in Genesis 31, in verse 11, when God, with each of these three individuals, uh, dealt with them individually and personally. Wow. That's what a call is. It is a personal interaction with God where you know God knows that you're alive and that you're alive with a purpose, and it's his purpose. And it doesn't really matter what other influences around you. That call seems to that call seems to cause you to be aware of him intensely, intensely. And it also uh, it heightens that awareness to the to the point where uh, you you don't feel like you can get away from it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Well, um, you know, we could just go do a march down through the Old Testament and then into the New Testament about the calls that God gave to people. There were people that were called within the Levitical priesthood line. There were people that were called within, uh, you know, uh, those that you would think could be called. You know, their families were kind of that way. But a lot of people, it seemed so random that God would call them. But he did. And intentionally so. And then we come into the New Testament. And of course, you know, you see in Matthew, the fourth chapter, in the 19th verse, Jesus called. And he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And on that day and on that time, the people that he spoke those words to 
dropped their nets, left their families, and followed Jesus. And, and all of them, they followed him to, to, their, to their death. That call so branded them, they couldn't do anything else in life. You know, I, I know, I believe this to be true, that every human born on the face of the earth has a call. Yeah. Every single yes. one, God puts a divine destiny into them because they're born for purpose. No human being is born by accident. And, is, and God says, oh, well, you're just, you know, um, what do you call it? S surplus goods. <laughs> no human being is a surplus good. Um, everyone has a call. But one of the things that I've found in the in particularly in church circles, um, you, you get a sense of the call of God, but straight away, because of our traditions, uh, a lot of people will judge what they sense in their heart by what they see. Yeah. It's like, well, I sense a call, and then they look and they see, well, here are the options. I'm either called to be a pastor or an evangelist or I'm called to missionary or I'm called to work as an usher or work in the cafe or called to children's ministry. So they judge that sense of the calling based on what they see with their eyes as what are the, the available options. options. But, you know, when it comes to prayer and praying for people that they walk fully in, you know, fully in, in, um, in the purposes of God for their life, we have to actually have the revelation of God to see such wide options available when it comes to the call of God because everyone's call is particularly unique, don't you think? I, I so, so agree. You think about the functions that you, you interact with in your own car, mostly the steering wheel, the seat, the door, and, and the stereo <laughs> the stere for the music. The air con, air con, and the pedals at the bottom, you know, brakes and accelerator. Other than that, you know, the whole rest of the car, unless you're going shopping or something, need the boot. But elsewise, you know, it's just there. But uh, it isn't just there. Everything has intention in a car. And um, same with the calls. There are people that have these um, visibly um, identifiable, oh, that's a call of God. But I believe uh, as we get closer and closer to the end and people uh, are comfortable with the diversity, the sameness of God, but the diversity of uh, the different callings, um, we're going to see some amazing callings and uh, functioning in some of the most uh, unique places. And yeah. Yeah, well, you just think, you know, I like to watch historical shows and documentaries in particular. And back in the, you know, years, I mean, hundreds of years ago, if someone sensed a call of God, the only option they had was to go into a monastery. Yeah. And how confining that was. But thank the Lord that in these days, that when people sense a call, there are many other options. But I believe that there is far more right. in terms of, of fulfilling the call of God on your life. Not just because this is, oh, well, I feel called, therefore I'm either a pastor or an evangelist or I'm just ministry of helps. It's like just three options. No, there's so much more. Well, how do people f discover that? Yes, I love that. Now, um, 
in getting to that, there's a verse of scripture in Romans, the first chapter in verse five, we can just look at that verse of scripture. And Paul was talking to this church in Rome. He said this, through Christ, God has given us the privilege and the authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere um, what God has done for them. He so broke molds when he followed this call on his life mm. because the call took him to the Gentiles, non-Jews people. Oh, yeah. my goodness, thank God. That wasn't on the list of options. It was <laughs> not on the list of options. Uh, it absolutely wasn't. And, and he was the most unlikely person to take the, the gospel to the Gentiles because he despised them before he got called. But what the call does is it makes you love the people you're called to and the, and helps you to be adapted, helps you to be adapted to the place where those people are. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, um, uh, continue to read. So that they will believe uh, and obey him, bringing glory to his name. Um, the New King James just says he has given us grace and apostleship. So the grace of God, you know, that we understand for many other things also defines the call that is on our life. Mm. God defines the call, not our parents, not our friends, not our, you know, uh, the particular church that we may be involved in or go to. Uh, it, the calls are so divine in nature from where they come from. And so I remember, this has also been some time ago, um, I was at a church, Tony and I were at a church ministering in uh, St. Louis, and uh, Reinhard Bonnke was going to be there that next week. And so we were just praying into those meetings. <clears throat> the church is a very outreach evangelistic church. And so uh, Reinhard Bonnke was coming there. And then the Lord gave me a word about him. And um, uh, and uh, I won't get into that. Uh, it, but the one word that he did give that I want to go ahead and share to save on time is he said, um, before the coming of the Lord, before Jesus comes again, we're going to see uh, the the callings of God, and even the fivefold gifting callings, that's the, the evangelist, uh, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, in a full-orbed way. And what meaning that is it's not two-dimensional. It can't be defined by, oh, uh, a pastor looks like this or this. An evangelist looks like this and does this. That's two-dimensional. It's full-orbed. It could have all kinds of expressions. And then he said this, uh, you'll find evangelists uh, that don't look like typical evangelists with slick back hair and a particular kind of a suit and an intonation in the voice. And uh, it, it, you'll find them going and being sent into dark, dark places, but they will be anointed from the head of the church to do a work in that place. Same with all the other giftings being very uniquely activated in these last days. Uh, so the reason we're talking about this tonight is because we're going to pray. Mm -hmm. I'm so motivated to pray, not 
just because I think it's a good thing to pray and it's the next thing on the list. I have been um, notably moved inside uh, in my heart to pray along these lines. So um, this afternoon in, in a previous prayer meeting, uh, we, were, we were praying along some of these lines and a, f- a familiar verse of scripture came to me um, from Hebrews 4, 16. Come boldly to the throne of grace. And what do we obtain there? We find, we find mercy and we find grace to help us in the time of need. Grace to help in the time of need. And I, I sense the Lord saying in my heart, uh, don't always think it's about you that you're going to the throne of grace. Don't always make it about you and your need for mercy and your need for grace. But as a priest together with God, we can go to the throne of grace and receive mercy and grace for people um, who need that mercy and grace. But tonight we're going to narrow it down to people who are called of God to amplify the grace that's in their lives. Hallelujah. I just believe as we pray, Jesus said, pray the, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send, he would send. What, a church committee send? No, he would send. Because when you know you're sent by God, you can go anywhere in the world with 10 cents in your pocket. <laughs> Honestly, you can go anywhere in the world even if no one's your friend, no one's saying, attaboy, we're with you. We're, we're, uh, what a call of God from the head of the church gives people is boldness to do it. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the things that really uh, in this same prayer meeting, the Lord reminded me, we talk about faith. You know, we go by faith and we do walk by faith. But faith actually is the doorway for us to enter into the grace and we know, you, like you may know that you know that you know that God's called you to a particular place or a particular people to, you know, minister to them. And you know it. But what gives you action to put guts into that knowing is grace. And so that grace comes not because the pastor lays hands on you and said, well, we just send you off to wherever. That grace comes by faith because of what God puts inside of you. And I think um, what we're realising in these days, and Pastor Tony preached a message two, three weeks ago, and what stood out to me is that you can pray for someone, oh, Lord, help them, give them the money to go and, and give them the people to help them, and those prayers are good. But what's the most empowering is if we pray that their eyes of their understanding be enlightened, that they know the hope of their calling. And when you know that you know, like you just said, Nothing can stop you. And so when we pray for people to enter into the grace of what God's called them to do, that's what we pray for them, that they get it on the inside. You know, Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says, uh, present yourself 
and don't be conformed to this world. Well, we think that that's a conforming to, you know, the standards of the world. But do you know that we can conform people to what we think they should be, even in the church, mm. by external pressure? And say, well, you know, if you're called to that place where you're going to have to cut your hair and you're going to have to wear new shoes and you're going to look like this and you're going to behave like that, well, that's all practical help. But when it's external and they rely on that external support, external pressure, external things, that's what they're going to have to get, keep getting in order to stay where God's called them to. But when they get it on the inside, yeah, as you, you said, 10 cents in your pocket and off you go. It's so true. You think about really unlikely people who had mighty calls on their lives. And then the Lord of the Harvest, uh, the head of the church, um, instructed them through the Holy Spirit on how to be and, and um, even how to, how to look. I'm thinking of an, a missionary that was a missionary great legend in China, Hudson Taylor. Yes. And um, uh, he, he didn't conform to the missionary association that, that, um, of those days. He actually was instructed to, of the Lord to um, dress Chinese. He grew, he grew a long ponytail. And in back in those days, that was so radical, coming out of England. And then you, you know, he he looked, he so identified with the people that he was with, and it, it was just beautiful. People at first ridiculed, and then, but they saw that he was <laughs> he was being used of God Almighty. You know, uh, you just don't touch those kind of things. Then you see somebody like um, like um, David Wilkerson, and. It, and he he ministered to the gangsters in a black suit and a black thin black tie. And all. He didn't he didn't become Short a gangster hair. to minister to the gangsters. He stayed Pentecostal preacher, and somehow it worked. Yeah. So you know we can think, well, you gotta you gotta you gotta make it work this way and this way. What we need is just the head of the church and uh, and his callings help people to just be what they need to be. And to get the training that they need to get. And uh, be where they need to be. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And be full of the yeah. fire of God. There's a wonderful verse in Titus chapter 2. Uh, verse 11 and 12. And it says, this is a different translation. God has revealed his grace for the salvation of all people. That grace instructs us. Mm. And in other versions it says that grace has come forward to train well, that grace on the inside of people who are called will train them. Yeah. And, and if they're going to be like David Wilkerson, you don't say, you know, you're going to have to grow your hair long and wear, wear hippie clothes. No, the grace of God trained him. And he just went with a simple word and said to Nikki Cruz, God loves you. That's right. And that's what the grace of God trained him to do. And it was powerful and it worked. It, it worked. It worked for him. Uh, and it makes unique, not cookie-cutter ministries. Yeah. It makes unique ministries, unique unique in their ability to, um, to help in the work of the Lord and the harvest in these days. Mm. And again, referring to when you said the grace of God teaches us these mm. things, then tonight in prayer... Let's go to the throne of grace and obtain grace mm -hmm. that will teach people their callings. Can we do that? 
And then also, I want to give you one more verse of scripture. You may have another one to add to it. And this is in Colossians, the first chapter. Mm-hmm. Paul has, was praying a prayer, and this is a prayer that seems to be uh, being prompted in my heart um, over and over and over in these days. Um, it says, starting in verse 9, this was a prayer that he prayed for the church here in Colossia, and he said, so we have not stopped praying for you. Since we heard about you, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will. Uh, I like, I actually like the way the New King James and even the Amplified to be filled with the knowledge of his will, filled. And I see like a vessel, a person's vessel being so filled with the knowledge of God's will that it displaces the knowledge of other wills, like what other people want you to do or maybe what you always thought you wanted to do. But the will of God displaces and replaces until people are absolutely chocker full of the will of God. Spiritual wisdom and understanding then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. Mm. There is contention against people doing the call of God on their life. Uh, The devil doesn't want people to do it, doesn't want you to do it, doesn't want other people to do it. That's why Paul prayed, uh, not casually, not just once and say, yeah, that'll do it. He prayed all the time because there is an accuser who accuses day and night to talk people out of their calling and they're they're, they're not worthy of their calling and all. But we're praying also day and night. The Holy Spirit is calling us to pick up uh, this yearning from the head of the church that people get in their places and function in their places. Yeah. You know, um, and we, we pray a lot for people in the church and that the Lord will put them, and not just in the church, in the body. Um, but quite often, you know, I tend to jump over the most important key and then start praying for people. Oh, dear Lord, make them more diligent. Help them to be punctual. We ask that you, you Lord... This person needs a bomb under them to get them activated into the ministry. Lord, put more people in kids' church. And, and I've jumped right over the key, the real key. And that's exactly what Paul, not just in Colossians, but also in, in Ephesians. And in Colossians, it says, we ask, what, what you just read, to fill you with the knowledge of his will. Mm. Not my will, what I think you need to do. But when people get it on the inside, Oh boy, is that when ever you, the truth? You know, and I remember when I, when you know, when I was in my late teens or teens, teenager, I got it on the inside. Mm. No one had to instruct me and tell me. I got it, and it held me for many decades. This call of God, and I didn't know what it always was going to look like, but there was something got a hook on the inside of me. Well, that's what I want for my kids and for the young people in our church. Get that hook on the inside. Then everything else, the grace trains them to be diligent, to be punctual, to be committed, to, you know, cut their hair and have a shower, whatever. The grace of God. So let's not jump over that key 
and, and say, God, you do this, that, and the other. And God says, look, I know exactly how to train them in that way. You pray that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened. You pray like Epaphras, labouring, Lord, let them stand full and complete in all the will of God for their lives because I don't know what the will of God is for their life, but God does. You don't know how long their hair is supposed to be. I don't know how long. <laughs> oh, yeah, praise the Lord. True. Uh, the, the rest of this prayer says in Colossians 1, then you will live the way uh, will always honor and please yes. the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better. And uh, we also pray that you'll be strengthened with his, all of his glorious power so that you'll have endurance and patience uh, that you need and be filled with joy, always thanking the Father because he has enabled you to share the inheritance. Praise the Lord. We're going to uh, actu we're gonna actually pray tonight. Before we do, I'm going to close in prayer um, uh, all together and just pray a prayer. Uh, but I have a great expectation of, of some really unique things that happen mm -hmm. as a result of this kind of prayer. The unique mm -hmm. callings yes. that the head of the church is going to announce because callings are calling. Mm -hmm. And they're waking people up in the nighttime. Yes. They're calling little boys yes. like they did Samuel. Yes. Calling people by name. Yes. Calling people and changing their names calling people and changing their desires, changing their locations, changing what they have been doing and giving them something different to do, uh, calling people and showing them that what they are doing is, um, is actually something that God wants to do. So he, ha he can have so yes. many different things as a result of us praying the way that we're going to pray. Uh, let's just... Uh, well, let's close in prayer tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your purposes and your plans. And uh, we have great regard to them because nothing can confound these plans. Nothing can stop the purposes of God. But with every purpose comes people to fulfill them. Yeah. And it is for these people that tonight we pray. And we do pray according to Colossians, the first chapter, 9 through 13. And we do pray according to Colossians, the fourth chapter, verse 12, like Epaphras who prayed earnestly that these people would stand complete and full in all the will of God. We pray earnestly and like, like Paul prayed and spoke about in Galatians, the fourth chapter in verse 19, that he actually travailed in birth again and in prayer again until Christ was formed in them. His will, his purposes for their lives were so formed in them. And Father, we, we identify these, these prayers in the Bible and we're sensing the Holy Spirit's um, unction for us to pray along these lines, not just for ourselves, but for the people that fulfill the purposes of God in these last days in Jesus' name. And for every person that is watching um, along with us, I thank you, the same Holy Spirit same Holy Spirit that anoints us to pray uh, is anointing uh, us to pray 
his will, the Lord's will, uh, for the will of God to be done along this line. In Jesus' precious name, amen. amen. Praise the name of the Lord. God bless you, and we'll see you next Sunday night. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.